Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Star Blades with myself, Steve Jones, James Shield and Danny Hall, our Blades correspondents. No game this week, unfortunately, but there is a new signing to talk about. Philippe Juramovic, if I've pronounced his name correctly, we hope. Um, James, we'll start with you. What were your first thoughts when uh, when you saw the deal announced yesterday? Uh, I was really pleased, actually. Excellent pronunciation there. I think, Steve, you could almost be our, our new boy from the Balkans, couldn't you, at, at Star Towers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> although, if anyone's seen the uh, the banner on my Facebook page, they'll know I've got an interest in the uh, in the region as well, uh, albeit a slightly different country. No, I was uh, without prattling on too much. No, I was I was really pleased to see it. Good, solid player, uh, and more importantly. It was nice to see Sheffield United act quickly in the transfer market as well. Uh, this new transfer market that suddenly appeared after the FIFA directive that overseas players uh, playing in Russia and players in Ukraine could unilaterally sort of suspend their contracts and earn moves to other clubs because of the, the conflict that's obviously going on in that part of the world now. Sheffield United needed a uh, defender. Their defence has been harder hit than possibly any other department of their squad by the, the injury crisis that we've seen at Bramall Lane over, over recent weeks and months. And uh, Urimovic is, a, is an international player, is an experienced player. He's just coming into the, uh, the peak of his career and he looks like a good signing. He looks like the type of signing that Sheffield United need. Ultimately, of course, though, time will tell. There's probably bound to be a a little bedding-in period. We'll probably get onto it later, some of the, the differences between the Russian game and the game in the Championship. But no, on the on the face of it, all good. And I don't always say this, but well done Sheffield United off the pitch as well for acting quickly. Yeah. Danny, I don't know about you, but it, it's quite impressive, isn't it? It brings some pedigree with that international experience. Games against France, Switzerland, Sweden. Yeah, definitely. We did a piece yesterday when he first signed and the... Uh, the picture that we used was him up against uh, Kylian Mbappe, which is not a bad opponent to go against, is it? Uh, I know that Croatia lost that game, but still, you know, to be up against Caliber, you know, he's not going to face a player like that in the Championship this season, is he? Although, you know, on current form, Mitrovic is probably not too far off, uh, not too far off Mbappe's level. Um, but yeah, echo much of what, what James said there. You know, it was a, in some ways, a little left field, I think. You know, I don't think many people expected that to, to come out yesterday, but in, in another sense, I suppose it also makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because, you know, it, it is such a problem position. It is the, you know, as we wrote yesterday, the entire right side of the defence has been completely decimated. It's quite bizarre, really. I've, I've never known an injury crisis be so targeted, uh, you know, as long as I've been, been, uh, been covering United, you know, to have both right backs and then both right centre halves or both senior right centre halves. Uh, go down at the same part of the season is quite unprecedented, isn't it? Um, as good as, you know, as well as Kyron's done when he's come in, Kyron Gordon uh, stepped in admirably. I think uh, Philip is just, uh, you know, it is, with all respect to Kyron, this is no slight on him. He, he is a different level, isn't it? You know, as an international senior, international uh, player for a good country as well. You know, a lot of pedigree, as you said there, a lot more experience. Um, I think that's what United probably need at this point, you know. Again, without disrespecting Kyron or, you know, Ben Osborne who's also done a, a brilliant job at right wing back. Uh, if you said to United at the start of the season, you know, you're going to be chasing the playoffs with, you know, a left footed midfielder at right back and a a 19 year old, you just recall from Boston at right centre half. 
you know, you'd probably look at that and think there's problems there, wouldn't you? So uh, I think it does, well, it, there's no think about it. It does bolster them, uh, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I can't see a downside, to be fair. Um, you know, obviously there'll be issues if James touched on about him possibly adapting to English football. You know, he, he, he spoke to the club yesterday in the interview and said he doesn't think there would be. Uh, but, you know, I suppose he would say that, wouldn't he? Um, and the proof will be in the pudding, I suppose, as, as we always say. Um, it'd be interesting to see when it gets chucked into the team, which might be we expect it to be at Stoke. Um, kind of see how we see how it goes from there, really. I'd, I'd be personally stunned if he didn't play at Stoke, even with that settling in period that we talked about, because quite honestly, there's eight games of the season remaining. Under the terms of the FIFA directive at the moment, he's going to be going back to Ruben Kazan at the end of June. So I know the FIFA Pro, the World Players Union, are campaigning to to be, you know, for players to be allowed to just basically cancel their contracts, overseas players, that is, with, with Russian clubs. But there is no point, I don't think, in bringing a player in to cover a key position for the final eight games of the season and then leaving him out for the first game that is available for. I, I just don't see that happening. I think the the only situation that that happens in is if something, God forbid, it doesn't happens to uh, happens to him fitness-wise in training uh, next week. But I, I, I can never understand it when managers bring in players anyway to field key positions. They make a big fuss about bringing them in and then decide to leave them on the bench for three or four games. Presumably, you're signing somebody because you think you're better than what they've already got. So I, I can never really understand that. In this situation, you could possibly make a case for it, but not when you look at the amount of games that are remaining and what is resting on those games. A playoff place and potentially return to the Premier League. He's got to start at Stoke. I thought it was quite interesting just reading between the lines on Heckenbottom's comments around... Um how he's previously been a transfer target, but out of their reach financially. So there's been a bit of work done there, but it goes to show the, the quality of the player that he is as well, doesn't it? Uh, yes, it does. Although it depends what type of money was put at Paul's disposal as well. That's that's the other side to that question. You know, I mean, if Paul has been told he's got £500,000 to go out and buy centre-half, I'm not saying he has by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying that's what he was told, but let's just say for the sake of argument he was, well, that puts pretty much any half-decent centre-half in, in in today's market out of his reach, doesn't it? But the thing for me is as well, is when, when you read the FIFA directive, when you go into the legislation, I think what's interesting there is because players are allowed to suspend their contracts, my reading of it is, and I, I did take a little bit of advice on this, uh, is that Sheffield United, they won't necessarily have had to have picked up Ivory's contract at Rubin Kazan. Now, Urimovic may well have asked, because he will be being paid. He's not he's not come here as a as a favour. He's come here to, you know, continue playing football and dare I say it, potentially look at the at the English market and the English scene as well. But he will be being paid. He is a professional footballer. But Sheffield United, because that transfer has been suspended, from what I've been told, they will have been able to potentially negotiate a different deal with him, a deal just covering between now 
and up until that period of June the 30th. So there was probably a little bit more wriggle room, I think, there in terms of uh, in terms of sort of financial manoeuvrings, if we can put it like that. Yeah. Do you, um, I think James has made this clear that the deadline hasn't yet passed bringing new players from Russia or Ukraine. Would you be surprised to see another one come through the doors? Is that to me or Danny, Steve? To Danny. Well, Danny, we'll bring you on this one. Thank you, mate. Um, yes and no. I mean, as we said, this signing came a little bit out of, I say out of nowhere for us, obviously. It's, it's a player that's been worked on with Paul and his recruitment staff for a while. You know, it, They've obviously known about him for a long time and kind of tracked him uh, for one reason or another. They haven't made the move. I think Paul, you know, I think reading, we don't have to read between the lines, do you? I think Paul came out and pretty much said it that they've not been able to afford him before. And they've, I was going to say, taken advantage of the situation, which is not to suggest they've done anything wrong. You know, these these directors from FIFA are there for a reason. You know, taking advantage, you know, can sometimes sound a bit negative, can't it? But sometimes in football, when an opportunity presents itself, you have to take it, don't you? So, as James touched on before, I think the club deserve a lot of credit for that being proactive, possibly the right right phrase. You know, going out there and you know, because the boss, the gaffer, kind of made no secret that you know they were looking for a centre half, they were looking at free agents. Andre Wisdom came in, he assessed his fitness and decided it wasn't at the right level or that they couldn't get it to the right level for the last eight games. Um, you know, looking at free agents brings its own issues, doesn't it, in terms of fitness, uh, availability, you know, why are they free agents, how long have they been out of the game? The advantage of Philip, of course, is that he will be, you know, more up to speed than, you know, free agents would be. You know, he's been playing a lot more sooner than a lot of the other players who are out there in terms of free agents. Um, so that, that, that brings us on advantages. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were looking at who else they could bring in. Um, but I also I imagine that this will now have alerted a lot of other clubs. You know, they will have all known they could do this, but the fact that United have kind of been the first in the championship to do it, I think a lot of other clubs might be looking that way as well. First in England, I believe, as well, actually. Yeah, yeah I've not seen many who've done it before or done it so far. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, other clubs, you can't do anything in, um, in the transfer market on the quiet, can you? So I wouldn't imagine if some other clubs have gone, oh, yeah, I forgot we could do that. Let's uh, let's see what's out there. So, yeah, I won't be surprised at all if another one came in. Uh, I won't be shocked either if uh, if this was the the kind of end of the business for this little mini window that has been extended by uh, a few months. I, I know what you're saying about it. Sometimes sounds wrong when you talk about taking advantage. I, I did a column actually that was very nearly wrecked by this deal in Friday's paper, today's paper. Because uh, I've been talking with a friend from Russia who had flagged this up, in fairness to him, at the start of the week, saying Sheffield United should be looking at this market. And he put forward the names of a few players, one of whom plays for CSA, uh, CSKA Moscow, for example, that he felt could, you know, fitted the bill for the type of player that Sheffield United required. So I'd sort of done that column for, for Friday's paper. Then Philippe came in, obviously had to sort of tweak it slightly at the at the last minute. But there's no... it. I mean, in a sense, yeah, of course they are taking advantage, but this is a mutually beneficial arrangement. It's good for Philippe as well. And I think anybody, footballers sometimes get kicked 
a lot. Very often they deserve it, but just as often they probably don't. And I think anybody who criticises a football club for signing an overseas player from Russia or somebody from the Ukraine, it's faintly ridiculous. Are, are we going to say, for example, that a Ukrainian fleeing the uh, the war in their homeland at the moment, terrible, terrible situation, who suddenly arrives, finds their way to England, can't actually work. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, if they, they decide that they're going to have to stay here for a year, two years, and they've got a skill, they've got that desire to work, which no doubt they will have, and, and, and build a life, rebuild their lives in some cases, of course they should be allowed to work. Absolutely ridiculous. So before anybody on some of these blowhards that you get on, on social media at times starts pointing the finger at football clubs for, oh, God, look at them taking advantage and exploiting a war in, in Eastern Europe. Absolute, complete and utter nonsense. Anybody out there listening to this or watching this, don't listen to a word of it. All they're trying to do is attract attention to themselves. They're, they're perfectly entitled. Philip Urimovic is a professional footballer. He's got a job to do. And he wants to be able to do his job. And it's just a situation that, thankfully, benefits all parties concerned, other than possibly Ruben Kazan and Leonid Slutsky, of course, is their, their manager, the former Hull City coach. Really nice guy, by the way, I always thought. Yeah. Nice side, uh, side story there. Um, just a quick one. There's a few questions that have come around contract situations for Billy Sharp, Chris Basham, and others who will be out of contract. Danny... Where are we at on some of them? I mean, are the, are the talks on ice now with Billy? Um, I think we did a piece on this this week, didn't we, James? About um, yeah, he, he didn't have he had conversations uh, last week. I think it was before the last when we last spoke to him before the last game. Uh, he was going in for he was speaking to the chief executive office and. Um, we all know Billy's, Billy's got an option in his contract. You know, Chris Basham's got an option in his contract. A lot of players United have signed had that option in their favour, um, which, you know, contracts run out this summer. Um, the players, I imagine, well, the players we know for a fact would like clarity on whether they're staying. Um, the club on their side are saying, we don't know which, which division we're going to be in. You know, we have, I would imagine, vastly different budgets and targets and hopes and dreams and desires depending on what division they're going to be on if in the championship or the premier league um so they're holding off and saying you know we're going to be you know wait to see what division we're going to be next season uh as we said the fact that Billy has been invited in for talks rather than because united could tomorrow say right billy you're staying for another year we've exercised your your closing your contract you're our player for another season the fact that they're talking to him would suggest to me and to others who I've spoken to this, you know, about this with, that they're perhaps attempting to negotiate with him, whether that is in terms of, you know, Billy, we want you for one, two, three years, we want you for two years, and then you can, you know, move into coaching, we want you to be two years, but a little less money, you know, all those, all those things, you know, they could all be possibilities. Uh, the only person will know what went on, or the only people who knows what went on in those discussions will be, you know, Stephen Bettis, Billy Sharp and his agent, I would imagine. Um, but they are talking They are talking to Billy. Um, I would suggest on the back of that that that's why, because they're trying to 
not just trigger the extension, you know, to try and do something a little bit different, whether that is in terms of his wages or in terms of the length of the agreement. Um, so I would suggest that, you know, as Billy said from the start, he wants to stay, Paul Heckenbottom wants him to stay. I would imagine there's not many people at the football club who don't want Billy Sharp to be there. Uh, but it's got to work for everyone. You know, he, he's, he's got to do right by himself and his family. Sheffield United have got to do the right thing for them in terms of the budgets and where they want to be next season. Um, but if he's not a Sheffield United player next season, I'd, I'd be very, I'd be very surprised. Brilliant stuff. Uh, well, we are under strict instructions to keep this to 15 minutes and we're already a minute and a half over. So um, we'll leave it there for this week. Thanks very much for listening for your questions and comments as well. Make sure you check out the star.co.uk forward slash Sheffield United for the latest blades news. Cheers.